All right, welcome back to the Underground Sessions. I am your host, Dylan Federici. I'm here with my illustrious co-hosts, Michael Spank. Hello, everybody. And Christian Chavez. I don't get a big word. I said my illustrious co-hosts oh, with sorry, an I thought you were just <laughs> talking about Mike. Come on, man. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yeah, there we go. He's he's on it now. We we tried to rehearse it. He wasn't here for that. Not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> so our guest today, I am super stoked to have on. Um, you might have heard Nathan Graham mention him in our interview with him a few weeks ago. Uh, his album is coming out on August 13th. Mr. Corduroy Brown, what's going on, man? Hey, fellas. What's going on? How are you? Oh, you know, living the dream over here. <laughs> I did Well, I mean, I was kind of jealous I didn't get the word illustrious as well, but I'll take whatever you get me. <laughs> All right. Well, we can run it back later. I'll, I'll you know, illustrious <laughs> career. I'll drop one in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have an hour to talk up your music and stuff like that, so don't don't worry. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we, we start slow, and yeah. then we, we, we ramp it up, up as easy. we go, you yeah. know? We bring the heat at I the need end. Every, I need every adjective you guys have for later. Gotcha. All right, we'll start writing them down I'll as we record. I'll go get my Webster's Dictionary real quick. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be a thesaurus, Mike? That's true. Ooh. Ooh. Mike's off the podcast. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, for some of our listeners who don't know who you are, which, you know, they need to tighten up, get it together a little bit. But uh, can you give us a little bit of a history of you and music, man? Like, what got you started, and uh, how'd you end up where you are now, getting ready to drop your album? Absolutely. Um, so I'm from Huntington, West Virginia. If anyone listening doesn't know where that is, I don't blame you. It's a little tiny town. Uh, it's not really a little tiny town, but it's a city in West Virginia that, uh, if you ever saw the movie We Are Marshall, or you haven't seen that movie if you ever watched the hunger games we're basically where like katniss is from district 12 or 13 whichever that one is but we have a lot of coal stuff here um so that's where like if i travel out of town i'm like yeah just watch the hunger games wherever katniss is from that's kind of where we're at we're not so much uh dirty like that but it's you know get the point but uh yeah so huntington west virginia um i've been playing music probably since 2008 i remember back in high school like you see all your other friends playing music and everything and like you want to be you always have big dreams to be a big rock star and all that shit and like um so i remember my mom bought me a fender cd60 acoustic guitar from a pawn shop and they charged her way too much and i still hold a grudge to this day um but she doesn't know that i wouldn't tell her that because that was a really nice gesture but uh <laughs> but yeah so uh that's like 2008 um i've got to travel all up and down the east coast i have not been to chicago yet and i'm pretty sad about that but um, I want to flick the bean and everything, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I started, man. I started back in the day playing guitar, started playing at churches, started playing just, I really grew up in church playing music and, you know, I've, Huntington's music scene is pretty awesome. There's a lot, a lot of local talent around here that, you know, we have people like Tyler Childers, if you guys have heard of him, he's from this area and he's kind of close to it at least. And I don't know, I, I'm really attached to this area and really love being here in West Virginia. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you definitely got to get out to Chicago because we could do a uh, one of our live session videos with you. But um, yeah, I didn't realize Tyler Childers was from over there, too. I thought he was from Kentucky. Yeah, well, it's kind of weird because like honey, like West Virginia, where specifically where I'm at in Huntington, um, I could like walk like less than five minutes uh, and be in Ohio because it's right across the bridge. And then like 10 minutes away, you're in the Kentucky border. So like Tyler probably lives like an hour or more away from here. But like, if you're from here, you're from there. And if you're from there, you're from Ohio. Like it's all like bled together right here. Oh, okay. I got you. 
So it's literally it's the tri-state. It's like this part of the region, tri-state. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So was there some sort of uh, music influence that like propelled you more towards doing like rock type of music? Because I know you were uh, you said you kind of grew up playing music in churches and stuff. So to go from that to like, I mean, there's elements of that in your music now, but um, what was kind of like the tipping point that switched it up from church music for you? Um, I don't know because like no one in my family is musical, like on either side. Um, so I don't know if I really had much like, you know, people will grow up and like maybe their, maybe their dad or their uncle or somebody plays, but I never really had that. Um, you know, I, I started playing in church, but I also grew up on tapes of like Michael Jackson and like some of the first songs I ever learned were from the band Flyleaf, like a hard rock, you know, from like early 2000s, if you remember them, like. Like, I knew how to play every single riff from every single Flyleaf album with my crappy electric Jay Tersher guitar that I thought was so, so badass at the time. Uh, my, my first so guitar like, yeah, was I mean, a like, cheap, like, knockoff Chinese Strat. So, I feel yeah, like that was, nice, that was the nice. coolest thing yeah, ever like a, when uh, I got it. I think mine was, like, a Guitar Center pack. <laughs> like a there burst lid or whatever. A Costco pack. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. But, yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I just for some reason I always just gravitated towards music and then I really cut my teeth on like the flyleaf stuff and everything else. But I still play in church now. I mean, I I play in a couple of different churches and so that is probably influencing things as well. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like if like I've spent so many times in Columbus, Ohio and stuff like that, uh, going to like concerts like cage the elephant. And like, I remember like back in the day when Huntington, uh, had like kind of like a hardcore scene, you know, we're listening to screamo bands and stuff and, you know, drilling each other with elbows and mosh pits and stuff like that. So like, <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, and on top of that, like I listen to a lot of female, or female artists. So like, I love Paramore and not just like the Paramore, like Riot era Paramore, like After Laughter, you know, brand new. I, I every Paramore album. Um, I listen to a lot of Miranda Lambert, believe it or not. She's my girl. Um, we gotta have you talk to I don't know, uh, Mackenzie O'Brien. Then she's like an insane Miranda Lambert. Fan. Listen, I I can talk some shop. Just put her on the line sometime. Uh, <laughs> sure. The first, new right? the new track record. Huh? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, she did a when we did her videos. She did a, a cover of a Miranda Lambert song for us. Yeah, track nice. Record. I need. I, oh, it's a great song. Holy crap! Yeah. Yeah, and she nailed like, it too. Um, I listened even even like the Taylor Swift album, the folklore album that just came out uh like two albums ago now i mean i bumped that stuff it's good like i find myself honestly listening to a lot of female artists but um so i think i don't know i think over time like your interests change and like i don't play a lot of super heavy stuff anymore but like i still really enjoy it like um but i think that's good like it's so good to just i just love being influenced by a lot of different people to answer the question so if you had to pick one genre just so like the question, like, if you're stuck on an island, you can only pick three things. What's the number one genre you think you'd pick? Oh, man. Um, Is that too hard of a question? We're asking you to put no, yourself in a I box gonna... See, now it's starting to I know, I know. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to say, if it's, like, genre-based, whatever you would call, like, Arctic Monkeys, like, kind of like indie mm-hmm. alt stuff. So that's like, interesting because I was listening to uh, some of the songs, and uh, do you listen to Hotel Mirror? No, huh <laughs> I got a hint of that. Listen to them, and I think you'll you'll get. It. I got a tiny hint of that, but it's right along okay. those right along those lines. Nice. Okay. Just destroyed Christian's next line of questioning after you said no. <laughs> no, that's all I had. No, I got you. 
Um, yeah, no, that, that kind of, uh, indie alternative stuff. Um, I mean, I guess like it's gone through like a huge change now though. Cause I feel like in the, like the early two thousands to like 2010s, like that Arctic monkey style was like a definite thing. And now it's, I feel like mm-hmm. that's not as uh, prevalent anymore. Like I think the last one you would say probably like this, what was it? The struts maybe. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Some of their newer stuffs more. um, But yeah, even their newer stuff is like more. Yeah, more like arena rock. I mean, they're like great live. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like I like the less produced Arctic Monkeys, and I hate to sound like those. Like, oh, I like the older style. Like, I hate that. But like, I do. There was something about like the even like the modest mouse kind of stuff, where it's just those real like dry strummy guitars and like not a lot of production on. It's just honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Me and Christian actually had a conversation the other day about, uh, I think it was Arctic Monkeys' first album, because I was saying, like, When the Sun Goes Down by the Arctic Monkeys is, like, one of the most underrated songs. Like, I still remember the day I was in a Virgin Record store. Remember when that existed? And I bought an Arctic Monkeys CD. I think I was, like, 13. First time I ever bought an album. Nice. But Favorite Worst Nightmare, I mean, that was, if you're talking about not as well produced, just very good music. Yeah, That's yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love it. Like, I mean, even on the, even when uh, on the song when the sun comes down or when the sun goes down is like you can hear the the like not pure like they they recorded the guitar and you can hear some of the, like the imperfections in it. I love it. Like, it's real. Yeah, it's just so it's like, yeah, I mean, like, obviously you want to do it right when you record, but like, also there's an element of like, no, this is just how the guitar sounds to an amp unprocessed. Just keep it. Yeah. So, well, there's something kind of endearing about that. I mean, it's like some of my favorite albums of all time is like the early Black Keys stuff that they recorded in their basement, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, and it's, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, you're, you're using a $50 microphone to mic up the amp and a, you know, a hundred dollar microphone for the vocals, but it's Wasn't like rubber factory recorded in a yeah. tire factory well yeah, yeah that's why it's called it <laughs> yeah um but no i think it was thick freakness and the big come up were both recorded in dan arbach's basement or something nice. it was one of their basements and like they the whole story about how they became a two-piece was they um they invited a bunch of people over to play on this album and nobody showed up and so they were like oh, we'll just do it ourselves and they recorded two albums like that and then you know obviously where the black keys are now Dang. and it's funny because like you talk to you listen to interviews uh, with Patrick who's the drummer and he's like yeah I, I really didn't know how to play drums and you're like how do you start a band and do that well and like be a beginner from the starting yeah. of the band like it, it blows my mind still I wonder where those other guys yeah. that didn't show up are though oh, no. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're shaking their heads right now like one of them, like didn't go. He's like, I'm gonna go hang out with my girlfriend, who he's definitely not dating anymore. And yeah, you know, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just sitting there. He's like, I could have been in the black keys. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're you're definitely mad at yourself for that one for a long time. It's like, uh, what what is it, the fifth Beatle? Everyone always talks about him. I know. What was the movie we were talking about the other day? Um, there's a movie out called. I mean, it came out like years ago. It was called Killing Bono. And it was about this dude. It was like a true story about this guy who was kicked out of U2 for the edge and then, like, tried to kill Bono. <laughs> Holy crap. That's yeah, that's a true story. I don't think he ever, like, actually attempted it, but he, like... Uh, there were whispers. He went off the deep end. Like, he, <laughs> obviously. 
Okay, well, this is not a murder podcast, so <laughs> true crime, so, uh, yeah. the underground yeah. true crime podcast. Back to music. If you if you hashtag it or whatever, you might get some more traction. There we yeah. go. Yeah, right. You just cast a line everywhere, <laughs> every category. So, uh, back, let's go back to your album. <laughs> we went way off the rail there. We always go way off the rails. We're a loosely based music podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was so, kind of my fault too. I mean, as long as you're okay with it, we'll go off the rail all day long. That's fine. But, I'm here. Um, I'm here for it. <laughs> you're. I liked your album. It was very like upbeat. Yet the lyrics kind of contradicted the beat in a couple songs. Is that something you're kind yeah, of? Yeah, I agree for? with that too. Yeah, I think there's a cool dynamic with man. It's kind of like a. You're going to be dancing maybe, but you also might be crying while you're dancing. Um, Depends on the day. That's my sweet spot right there, so I'm all about it. Yeah, man. Um, (laughs) You know, a a lot of the album is kind of me telling on myself for the past few, you know, few years. Like, I kind of wasn't afraid to call myself out on a lot of the bull crap that I was doing or going through. And, um, and, and honestly, on a serious note, like mental health is something that runs real heavy in the, in the album with, you know, in 2017, I finally started going to therapy and I started taking medicine because like I was having trouble staying alive. And, and quite frankly, I tried to die several times before 2017 because my headspace was so out of whack. I mean, like my chemicals in my body were so wrong. And that's really what, you know, therapy and medicine do is, is, and just real quick, serious note, um, you know, mental health is a super serious thing. You know, your chemicals are out of whack and then your chemicals start affecting your thoughts and then your thoughts start affecting your actions and eventually those become habits. So once you can break that chain up somewhere is when you can start really living, I feel like, is when you can start grabbing a hold of that. So there's definitely elements of that. Um, and a lot of it's, you know, me calling myself out for all the freaking dumb stuff that I did or, you know, some, like a song called Leave It To Me is about me, like, never leaving like a scab alone, not like a physical scab, but just, you know, kind of figuratively a scab that I kept messing with. So I never could heal from it. And, um, it's a cool little boppy song, but there's some like real elements of like, Alan, get your shit together, dude. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I, now that you say that, I totally picked that up from the songs that you sent us and stuff like that. And that's, um, definitely a a heavy struggle to kind of go through i mean i i can't even imagine what that would be like yeah and i feel I mean, were you writing these songs kind of like a release like you're able to put this out into the world and be like comfortable um, with it in a sense because you know so you don't so. like want to present that to everybody you know well i actually do i mean like yeah. I, I feel like i feel like that's kind of part of my responsibility on the earth in a way it's like hey here's someone who is like somewhat well-known in, in West Virginia now and not, I'm not saying that arrogantly cause it sounds weird to say, but like, um, especially in this region, you know, I, I'm fortunate to be around a lot of people that care about me and, and I care about them. So I've always, when I could, um, taken every chance I can to share like, Hey, here's someone who grew up in a good home who had both their parents who had plenty of money, who went to college, who had everything on paper that you think is, great but was not sure about being alive or being on the earth until he got his chemical straight so like i'm kind of like not your typical candidate you would think you know for a mental health struggle um which i think that helps give people hope to be like oh man i thought he had it together but like he was 
he needs to get it together just as much as we all do. So I feel like it's kind of a responsibility I've picked up. Like, hey, I took time to get my head straight, help other people get their head straight. It shows that it is possible. Yeah. Almost like oh, yeah. 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 Well, I think and there's I'd... not a certain look to it. It's not like, you know, someone who doesn't have a home has every bit of reason to be depressed, but they might be the happiest people on the earth. It, it doesn't come, it, it like mental health doesn't like, um, it doesn't pick and, like pick and choose who's, who it's going to affect, you know, it affects rich people, it affects poor people, black, white, whatever. Like it's just something that like, I, I think everyone should go to therapy. I don't care if you think you need it. It's freaking life changing. My Lord. Well, I think part of the the cool thing about you opening up and talking about this on your album is, you know, like you said, it, it mental health, you know, problems don't discriminate. So, you know, there there might be someone out there listening and saying like, oh, I thought it was just me who, you know, comes from a good home and is, is struggling with this stuff kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, to answer your question as well, like, um, I think maybe subliminally it was kind of it was kind of cathartic to write about it um but i really only write songs when i'm happy i don't write when i'm sad so like um i wish i could because i feel like maybe i get a lot more out but like i have to be like feeling it feeling pretty good to to like write and um but i think maybe some sometimes even performing the songs out now it's it's kind of like I feel like I'm being real. Uh, I don't feel like I'm just putting out like a fluff song. And I think that's also why it took me so long to write an album. It took me almost over a year to write an album because like I wanted to make sure I meant every single word. I didn't want to just write something that was like, oh, that rhymes, you know, like let's just put it in there. No, like I just wanted it to be real on every aspect. So you're completely happy with every lyric you wrote over this album? 130%. Like I feel like I don't have anything else to say right now. I don't have, I, I got it all off my chest. I got it like puked it all out. It's not in my body anymore. Now we can just do the songs live. There's one lyric that made me think. It was in uh, the song to my younger self. You said feeling satisfactory, and that at first I'm like okay, and then I I thought about it. I'm like that that doesn't mean feeling great. That doesn't mean feeling bad. Like what exactly? Like what was you, what were you trying to say with that one? Was it just feeling good enough? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right on the dot there. I mean, like, <clears throat> you, I think with with sometimes I feel like to feel purpose, we have to feel like we're doing some big, grand, like you know, huge thing or thing that has to be seen. But sometimes getting up and brushing your teeth and you know taking a shower is good enough, you know, depending on how low you got. So that might be just enough, you know, for you for that day. That might be all you got all you can muster. So I think you're actually the first person that's actually kind of keyed on that, oh, cool. which is awesome because that's exactly what it means. It's like not flawless and it's not really bad, but it's just like sometimes you can feel just good enough it's to okay. get through the day and that's all. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was, the, oh, yeah. that was the lyric that stood out the most to me. The, the, the hat scratcher. <clears throat> yeah. You, you nailed it though. I mean, that's exactly it. Just kind of, good enough to get through the day sometimes. So you mentioned you can only really write when you're, you're happy. Like, so what is your, your songwriting process? Like, cause even when I was heavily writing and doing that, my own thing, which I, you know, I never went out and released anything, but um, 
like I, I was the opposite way. Like only when I was like not in a great mood or whatever, like I could get something down on paper. And then other than that, I'm like, I, it doesn't work for so me. Kind of like your release almost. Yeah. Kind like of. So, so I'm curious, like for the 180 of it, of I can only write when I'm happy. Like where did, where does that come from? And where, uh, where do you start when you're writing a song, getting it out on pen and paper or whatever? I think when I'm really down, I, I think I, I become a recluse. I don't want to do anything. I want to just, you know, play MLB the show 2020. I don't have 2021 yet. And like, Wait, are you on Xbox? Or you on PlayStation? I'm on PlayStation. Oh, oh man. I know. I know. Killing me. Oh, man. Dad, gone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think, I mean, I become pretty reclusive, I guess, when I'm down. But, I mean, I don't get me wrong. There are times where I jotted down a couple things here and there, I'm sure, when I wasn't feeling great. But, like, and there's just so much clarity when my serotonin straightened out. And and um, some songs can just fly. Like, um, Younger Self, I wrote, I I think I wrote in, like, in, like an hour. And um then but like i think i sent you guys leave it to me and maybe something else i can't remember but um some of the some of that like that one took leave it to me took for it i don't know it's like it's freaking ever and um i don't know i mean it just kind of depends like i i think i just learned to ride the waves a little bit like i don't i can't force it when it's not in there like you can't it's kind of like the whole phrase of like you can't pour from an empty glass if that makes sense yeah totally so that's how I would describe it. It's probably the songwriting is like, if I don't have anything to pour out, it's not going to come out. So now we have like a continual question we ask you. So are you a pen and paper writing guy or are you like a, a digital tablet note taker or do you like record yourself on your phone? We ask this to everybody because everyone gives a different answer. Yeah. Um, all three, there are so many voice memos in my phone that when I, especially for the album and I need to go back and do this now is like, I wanted to pick, you know, 10 or 11 songs. And I went, I went and deleted everything that didn't have a title or like audible lyrics and then said, I'm working on these. So I'll get a hundred ideas a day and then be like, you know, da 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 my phone and voice memo and be like, Oh yeah, I'll make that into something. And then if it sits for three months and it doesn't have anything yet, I'm like, bye. So there's that, there's a lot of notes like on the notes app. And then Around my work office and in my home, I have notebooks that just have little blurbs. So it's honestly all three. Okay, so any way you can capture that idea at that very moment. Do you usually start with like a like a melody, or are you more of like you lyrics forward when you you start writing? Uh, it's probably melody based. Um, sometimes, like the melody and the lyrics will hit at the same time. I feel like that's a lot of. Um, that, that was kind of the the younger self choruses. Satisfactory. I didn't know what the first few words were. I just knew I wanted to say satisfactory. Um, so I think it's kind of both. It kind of lyrics and melody can hit. I feel like guitars have have become like last almost. And I I don't know why, but like instruments kind of have went behind. And it used to be the opposite. I used to try to write riffs and catchy guitar stuff. And I was like, I, I don't know what changed, but kind of just flipped around and music became the second half of that interesting okay mike is you guys are asking great questions that a lot of people don't ask these questions they're like how did you get the name corduroy and i'm like i don't know like (laughs) i just decided on it one day (laughs) well you know all three of us are uh musicians and you know mike and i used to play around shows and you know we 
that's kind of was our whole whole concept starting this is like the best part of playing shows was sitting down with the other guys on the bill at the end of the night and having a few beers and you know fleshing mm-hmm. stuff out like how'd you do that how'd you write that and that's kind of what our thought was with this but um yeah it's awesome talking to other musicians about it because you guys get it that makes me feel good <laughs> so right now, yeah. um mike was physically pained though when when you said guitar comes last <laughs> <laughs> My twist of the dagger. oh man but it kind of makes sense because you could almost make a, a good sounding riff after you have the basics down like a template yeah yeah, it's yeah, I mean, like whatever you set the template as, you know, helps you out. Yeah, like, and that may have been why I did the album. So it took so long, too, because, like, when I brought the songs to the guy that did the album, his name's Jeffrey McClellan. He plays in the band. He's a drummer. Um, and he's, like, a master musician for every instrument and every other band around here, too. Um, like, there are times where I would just, he'd be like, so what are you, what musically, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know yet, but we'll figure it out. Like <laughs> we'll um, get there at some point. <laughs> I think, I think leave it to me was actually guitar first. That, and I'm, did I send that to you guys? Um, I'm not sure. But I, I had listened to it and I actually had a question on it. Um, okay. We're, kinda, we're using yeah. like some like fuzz pedal or like some pitch pedal on the solo. Cause it's, it's very interesting. The guitar tone. Yeah, so that's he. That's another guy in the band named Tyler Cooper. He plays guitar, and um, that song is featuring a band called the Dead Frets, which are also from Huntington. But Tyler plays with me as well. Um, but he had. Have you heard of the Zoya pedal? Zoya, Z O Y A. Look that yeah. up, and it's it's like it's basically like uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, just look up a Zoya. It's a real bizarre, like almost like it's got different banks of stuff and you can assign, I don't know. It's just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, I've never seen it before until he brought it. So he played that through, um, oh, this looks like a soundboard almost. It's kind of, yeah, but you can go in and tweak every little freaking parameter, of every possible thing you could think of. Um, so it's definitely a fuzz, but it's got some crazy yeah, like oscillation. Yeah. And, Cause the way he was playing um, it, it was almost like, um, was, I don't know who makes it. But it was like a pitchfork. It's like a fuzz, but you can almost like yeah, yeah, yeah like hit the it, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. That's I don't know. Crazy. It was just very interesting. It's like I never heard the sound like that. He, it definitely had some kind of pitch parameter selected on it because when he hits the low notes, it even chokes out like kind of like a fuzz factor, a fuzz okay, like a yeah, what a fuzz, fuzz factor. Or yeah. yeah, but he played it through an amp or a speaker cabinet with an 18 inch speaker in it too. It was stupid. It's like a bass amp like, or something. <laughs> it, it wasn't a bass amp though. I don't think it was, but he had he put some ridiculous speaker in some cabinet, and it was heavy as freaking hell too. Trying to carry that thing down there, he was like, "I'm gonna play this on the recording." And Tyler's so loose and just like goofy all the time. And I was like, "Okay," but then I heard it through that fuzz. I was like, "Holy god!" Like. It was ridiculous. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, effects are definitely at the forefront of our mind. We just talked to uh, Joel from uh, Chase Bliss Audio, and so we were we were talking to him about all the the crazy parameters and stuff on his pedal. So like now we're hyper focused on you know the crazy noises you can get out of stuff. But oh yeah, and we're we have no money left. Yeah, we have no money pedals, left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very expensive hobby, but or habit, but there could be worse ones. Yeah, there's there's worse. <laughs> but uh kind of looking through your Spotify playlists, 
Um, it seems like you do a lot of uh, cool collabs as well. Like there's always another artist included in there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really what I'm proud of is like my entire life. And this is kind of looking at the album coming up August mm-hmm. 13th. Um, I wish I would have sent you guys the whole thing. I didn't even think about it. I think I just sent you a couple. I'm kind of sad now. I'll send you guys the whole thing um, when we got the, we the phone the, here. We but, get the um, sneak preview? Yeah, I'll give you guys literally the whole Ooh, thing. Um, all right. Wow. Let's go. But you got to make sure to like stream it when it comes out. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so like real quick is with the collabs and stuff, like my entire, my entire life, um, I've had been so fortunate and so many people have like care about me. And like, I feel so lucky to have like a massive community of people in my life always. And so many people have always said, you know, the phrase like, Hey man, let me know if you need anything or let me know like what's up or let me know how I can help you. Like, let me know. And that's what the album that's coming out is called. Let me know. And that it just kind of is an, is an ode to like, man, so many people have always been in my, been in my corner. So like, there are so many collaborations on the album. Um, the song Secret War that just came out is featuring Arlo McKinley, another like Americana country artist from Cincinnati, Ohio slash Kentucky. Um, I the love Dead that Spreads song, are on by it. The way. Thank you so much, man. Um, that was a fun one to do with Arlo. I mean, he's, he's a great friend and a great dude. He's such a loyal, friendly guy. Um, but, you know, the, the album coming out... Um, mm-hmm there are so many features on it and it's not all musicians, believe it or not. Um, one of my friends that runs a barbershop, um, he's, he's in an interlude that is like, you know, the, the album has different pieces of my life in it. So like, there's a voicemail from my mom. There's part of, um, you can hear me going into the building where I go to therapy and like, there's a specific sound that the elevator makes that if you're from Huntington, West Virginia and you've been in that big building, you know exactly where you're at. Um, and all of those little voicemails and little interludes go seamlessly through the album. So it's like a story from front to back. So, um, so you would it, say it's almost like a concept album then? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that. There's, there's, there's music, but then there's also aspects. <laughs> all the little Easter eggs and all that stuff. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. There's, there's, oh, man. We literally, for every track, guys. There, we we did all the tracks for the guitars and drums and vocals and all the stuff you do for a song, but every song has an Easter egg line in there. Um, so there's hidden stuff that, like, if you know me personally, you're going to probably catch up on it, and some stuff's going to go over people's heads, but that's whatever. It's kind of some – sometimes we just hit stuff in there to see just because it could. But um, each song has, like, we had a track line for an Easter egg. So some of them have multiple, some of them have one, whatever, but – so there's, like I said, there's interludes, there's Easter eggs. It tells a story front to back. And I'm so excited because this album is as much mine as it is my friends and my family and people who are on it. It's just like literally there at the end of Secret War, um, the guy that's like my life mentor, he like he's a preacher, but he's also like someone I looked up to for a, a, such a long time. And he speaks at the end of Secret War. And then, uh, like I said, the, the guy that, doing the Jewel City Barbershop, the interlude. Um, he speaks. He left me a voicemail back when I was really sad, like in 2018, and I still had it, and I put it on the album because it just flo- everything just flows seamlessly together, and it tells a story. So Let Me Know is about that. I've had so many people in my life that just always said, let me know what you need, man. Like That's an awesome title now you know Dude, what, that's, what, that like, what so it means. Cool. You're like, wow, like it just means the album means so much more, honestly. 
so yeah i mean like i feel i can't wait because it's like i said it's not just my album you know i had my friend's sons who just started playing guitar play on a couple tracks and i had different I people from all of, like <laughs> like like and he was so nervous and everything and but we were just walking through power chords and stuff we we let him plug into a big marshall like half stack gave him a like a gretch hollow body and Dude, turned it fantastic. off all the freaking way and his hands were shaking because he's nervous but man at the end of that he was like oh my god this sounds so good like yeah he's like, hooked for life now yeah yeah, yeah like that. and that's what i'm saying like it's it's just, it's just like, let me know, man. Like, let me know how I can be there for you. Like, let me know. Like, let me know. Like, do you need, like, you need me to feed your cat when you're gone? Let me know. Like, do you need like this or like, and when I got really sick, I literally died in February and the community in Huntington, West Virginia raised. When I woke up two days later, I finally was like conscious enough. I was on life support still, but, um, I was awake and I looked, I, so my phone obviously was going crazy. And it was, I remember I was still super sedated, but in two days, like the community here raised $30,000. And like, that's, that's what really, like, it's just freaking nuts, y'all. Like, it made sense to say, make the album Let Me Know. Because everyone texted me, even from the time I've been little to even when I got really sick, everyone said, Alan, let me know if you need anything. So it just makes sense to call it that. Man, that is yeah. We're all speeches here. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that makes the album that much cooler. Like obviously, you sent us the artwork and stuff, and um, by the time you're listening to this, you'll see that on Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff. Um, but like knowing the story behind it makes it so much cooler. And obviously, what you went through. I know you were saying before we started recording that like this album means that much more to you because you didn't know if you were going to have a chance to make it. Yeah, yeah, and that's. That's just crazy. I mean, like, I can't even. I like the album, but knowing the story. Makes it makes it like that more, much yeah, better. Yeah. yeah. I think of, uh, I'm personally going to try to find all the Easter eggs and send you an email and be like, did I find all of them? <laughs> oh, <laughs> is, man. Is this one right? I, yeah. you, is this one right? If you, if you do, I will send you merch right now. Like, <laughs> deal. <laughs> Virtual hand. We, 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 you, I'll give you a hint. There was one song, no joke. I mean, you guys play Super Smash Brothers at all? Yeah. Yes. We use a sound effect from a character from one of from a sound of like a Super Smash character. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's all I'm gonna say. All right, we'll figure it out. We'll right. Have a listening party and uh, sit down and see mm-hmm. if we can take no some notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take some notes, figure them out. So uh, one of uh, one of the things that I caught was uh, someone in the background saying that uh, something about mental health. Or mental issues are okay, but not doing anything about it is not okay. Was that one of the voicemails that you had? So um, that's in the end of Secret War. That's the guy that um, he's like my mentor. Uh, his name is Brian Hayden, and um, I, I just wanted him on that track because I mean, kind of Secret War. Arlo came up with the he didn't come up with the title, but he sang about Secret War. And um, I told Brian, I was like, man, I really have like he knows. I mean, he's like literally my a person I look up to daily and he's a preacher as well so i was like if you can just just one just one day record me that record me you just going crazy and just talking and like whatever and i'll take it you record it in your phone and we'll, i want it to be in a song and um yeah, he says i want you to know it's okay to not be okay but it's not okay to stay that way right. and like if i could sum up like you know mental health again goes after anyone that it chooses to but like 
we owe it to ourselves to take care of ourselves the best we can. So like go to therapy, go take care of yourself. Like, and he also goes into the, like, this is where the, the church stuff comes in because church has always played a big part of my life. Like, you know, that stuff doesn't come from God. I don't think it comes from someone that, or whatever your beliefs are. I don't know that God is wanting us to suffer. Um, I also don't have answers for like, you know, big tragedies that happen. So I don't really know, but I don't know that God is up there scheming saying, man, I hope Alan's depressed today. I think that's where he says like, you know, this thought did not come from God. Like he loves us. Like that was the, if you believe in the gospel at all, you know, God sent his only son to die on the cross, you know, I don't want to go into all that, but like, um, so that's, that's kind of what he talks about. It's just like, it's, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Yeah, like, that's we can way. grab it, grab it and live. Let's, let's go. Yeah. And cause it's, it's kind of like a, was it like a last, like 30 seconds of that song. Cause he kind of, it's almost like a motivational speech. Like he's talking to you personally. Yeah. Oh yeah. If, if, if he would have just been talking to me, I think you're right on that. Like if he would have, we, we could have had that conversation and if I could, if we would have taken my part of the conversation out, I feel like that's something he would have said directly to me. Um, I need to send you guys the album because there's so much I can talk about. It's not even funny. Um, I'll give you a piece of something real quick. Um, I tend to blabber on. So if there's questions you ask, you want to ask, please do, because I will blab forever. But um, like, there's a song that um, Jeffrey wrote, the guy that produced the album that plays drums, called Better on the Ground. And um, you talk about like, crazy stuff dude like um whenever i literally died um i remember waking up he's one of the first person i text texted and it was gibberish kind of because i was still really sedated and not really sure what was going on yet um but i died two days before i texted him so i was like you know whatever um i remember him saying like i don't know what you're trying to say but it's so glad to see your name pop up on my phone and uh he um i texted him something like Hey, like we got to not, not waste time and we got to like not hold grudges. And like, I feel like God called my bluff. Like, I don't want to really die. Like, I don't like, I'm glad I didn't kill myself before. Like I got like, so I was texting him stuff like that. And Jeffrey sends me a song and keep in mind, this has already been written, mastered and, you know, mixed and mastered and everything. And it was literally the words that I texted him, like almost word for word. He had already written that. And I woke up from being dead and texted him that. And he had already written that song that was almost word for word before I woke up. And I swear, it's like my freaking spirit was sitting next to Jeffrey whenever that he was writing that song. The song was done and mixed and mastered, and I texted him literal lyrics from the song. And, like, that's the kind of crazy stuff that's, like, man, you learn a lot when you're in hospital beds, like, you learn to not hold like grudges anymore and you learn to like not waste your time being upset about things. And like on top of that, like, but does that make sense what I'm saying real quick guys before you, cause it blows it my does. mind. We're, our, we're our, just our, like, our uh, brains are against the wall right now. Yeah. We're just like, <laughs> like the stories you're telling us are just leaving us speechless. So we, I feel like right. we're kind of dropping the ball on the podcast cause you're telling <laughs> these crazy stories and we're like, just silent. <laughs> like, no, oh, okay. Shit. I, like, <laughs> no, I'm just making sure because it still blows. I listened to that song yesterday again for the first time in a little while. And it still floors me because I, I literally the same words that I woke up from literally death were already in a song that my friend wrote for me. And I, man, like, you know, and, and here's the other crazy part. Like the thing people talk about, like seeing a white light and stuff when they die. 
like that's completely fucking real. Like when I, when I passed, I remember being in like this infinite white space and I could see, I could kind of see myself kind of, but I also could see this thing that was like my soul or whatever it was. It was in whatever, wherever I was, it was received to be my soul. And it started off really close to me. I could, I could almost hold it. And I watched it go away into this infinite white space. And like, it just went further and further and further away. And that sounds horrifying, but wherever I was, I, it was the most peaceful, beautiful, calming place I've ever been in my entire life. And I don't want to die again anytime soon, but I want to go back because I have so many questions. Like, where was I? And like, was I going to heaven or was like, I, like, I don't know. But like, man, I've, I've always felt, I'm getting real deep in here, so bear with me. Like, I've always felt like I've almost had like this like cosmic responsibility to like, talk to people about this kind of stuff, especially mental health, because like I've been given the gift of like being able to talk all the time. That's why I haven't shut up this whole time yet. But like, <laughs> um, like when I was like 12, I was going to this small little church in a town called Chesapeake, Ohio, right across the bridge. And we went to this big mega church for this like youth conference. And we were all there. And at the end of the service, you know, there's 2000, 3000 kids at this big mega church. And at the, at the end of this service, the guy, the preacher calls, he's like, I want all the kids to come up on the stage and we're going to lay hands on you. And we're going to pray and whatever, whatever. So like, you know, at the time, like there's a bunch of us kids going through um, this, like there's like two rows of people. So like we're all shuffling through and they're all praying and laying hands and speaking in tongues and stuff. And, you know, there's a bunch of people in front of me, a bunch of people behind me. And then there's a guy that taps on my shoulder and stupid 12 year old me was like, what the heck? And kind of looked at him and kept walking. And then he like really tapped on my shoulder. A complete stranger told me this when I was like 12, he was like, you are going to be in positions where your words are being listened to your words and your actions are going to be viewed by a lot of people. Do not waste your words and do not waste your opportunities to speak your truth because you're going to be handed a lot of responsibility for telling people the truth about things. A complete stranger told me this when I was 12 and I see it manifested every single day. And it's like, I've seen that so many times in my life where it's like, I feel like I have to talk about the things that I talk about. And it doesn't mean that like I'm better or more responsible than anyone else on the earth. But I feel like when you can line up with what the universe or with what God has in store for you, you're unstoppable. Like you, like the universe is in your favor. You're lined up with exactly where you're supposed to be. And that's what I feel like I'm doing with music now. It's like music is kind of helped propel me to tell these stories. And, and I, I don't know, fellas, I just feel, and, and on top of that, like I died and came back and like, it's getting to the point where like, it's like, I remember there are people like outside of my family that were like, there are people in like Romania that know who you are. There are people in Italy. There are people in South Africa that know who you are right now. And and again, that doesn't mean that I'm any better than anybody because I know people that are in tune with the universe, people that clean churches. There's a janitor that I know at a church that that's his thing. He is on fire on the earth when he's doing that because that's his thing. I know people that dance. I know people that work on cars. I know people that are teachers that like they are in tune with the universe and it's so powerful. So like, I don't know. I just feel so connected to that now. And like, I'm getting fired up. I don't mean to preach a sermon, but it's like, man, once we, if you can find that, and it doesn't have to be a big, like glorious thing, but you are unstoppable when you get in tune with that kind of thing, guys. It's it's just wild. 
So, it, I mean, is it kind of like opened your eyes? You kind of noticed more things and been aware of those certain signs that, um, you know, that you say that it, it's kind of like notifying you, like this is kind of like where you need to go. Because now that you're kind of like, you're not in this clouded mindset, you're like clear headed and you're ready to move forward. And are you noticing more of the, of these signs in a sense? Every day. I mean, and I think it opened my eyes into the, it, it was more of a reminder because like, I feel like one of the lyrics to the better on the ground song that my friend wrote when I died was like, um, I, he said, I wanted to die, but you called my bluff. And one of the things that I texted him was like, I feel like God called my bluff. And that was a lyric that was already written before I told him anything about it. And it was just like this reminder of like, man, you are able and so capable and, and like fortunate and blessed to do so many things. Like, here's another reminder. I'm going to take you as close to death as humanly possible. No, to the point that like you actually are gone. And then I'm going to bring you back. And then if you don't know that you are loved and that you are worth something by then, I don't know what to do with you. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I was um, going to say, because you also yeah. may also realize like how people per- perceive you even on the inside when you're so judgmental. I mean, even, even as musicians or artists in general, whether you paint or write books, like you're so, um, I don't know what to say. Like, self-critical. Yeah, like, self-critical. Well, I mean, we, yeah. we talk into a microphone. Yeah. You know, we talk into a microphone and every week we're like, yeah, we hate this. We should just stop doing it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, so, yeah, yeah. You get to see like how people perceive you on the outside because you know, you're in your own world, in your head, in your own body. But like being able to yeah. see what people perceive you on the outside, um, it's quite interesting because you never know how people think of you. and It's more positive. Yeah, we're always our own worst critics for yeah. sure. So I don't know. Hopefully that answered some questions. I get super excited talking about it because it's like I've kind of always felt like, I mean, maybe some kind of higher calling or something. And again, I don't want that to come off as arrogant. I just like I feel like if if God is really real or like whoever's controlling the universe is like got a purpose for us, I feel like right now I'm truly living where I'm supposed to be. And I feel so lucky to have that freaking perspective now, man. It's It's wild. Well, it's it's so fitting for you to have all these stories and everything and be a songwriter. Like what what's a better way to get that out? Yeah, yeah. I like and that's that's kinda of what I'm saying is like it just because of what I'm doing is gonna be seen by people doesn't mean that it's any better. Like like again, there's a, a janitor at a church that like, man, that is his passion and that's his fire and like that church be spotless, y'all. Like <laughs> like that church there ain't a, you could eat off them floors. Like that's like that's what I just wanted to make sure to like come off and say like, I, this doesn't mean that I'm any better because it's going to be potentially viewed more than he ever will be. It's just like, he's living his passion and I'm living mine and we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. I think that's the key point. Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful way to put it. Um, so album comes out, what was it? August 13th, correct? Yeah. Friday the 13th. Unlucky. All right. So by the time you're hearing this, the album will be out, and you need to go to Spotify right now to hear it. This will all make sense, and it'll all make sense. You got to listen to the album front to back, back to front. You got all backwards, the, the inside scoop, double all speed, all that. Yeah, you got to so, listen to yeah. it anyway. So if they Find play them. it, if they play it backwards, is there any secret message? <laughs> I not intentionally, but I, who knows at this point? I've got. I I'm taking it. I'm just well, going to say gonna possibly because. Yeah, I mean. If there's a good chance, because if you would have asked me in February if I was going to wake up uh, from life support, 
then I would have said no. So who knows what's going to happen. All right. Well, we might have to play it backwards and find out. I'm going to play. I'm going to play it backwards. I'm I'm curious. <laughs> um, do you have any plans to uh, press it to vinyl? And we got to ask this because waiting for that question. We're gonna we're gonna need a couple copies on vinyl if you do. I know. Um, I haven't yet because I wanted to make sure we got all the digital stuff and all the merch and all the stuff like that properly first and. I'm just like everyone else. I work a job and got to pay bills and stuff. So vinyl's a little expensive. Uh, but I think if I get enough requests for it, or heck, I might, since you guys are awesome, might even hook you guys up on some stuff. So That would be amazing. Uh, stuff. I would love to, though. I just uh, yeah, It's definitely not the, the forefront, but if enough people are like, man, you're going to do vinyl, then I probably will do vinyl. That sounds good to us. Well, I mean, you yeah, have, uh, you have three buyers here. Yeah, <laughs> well, we nice. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone we know that's making an album, we're like, yeah, press it to vinyl. You got three copies sold. Like we'll stream it and nice. everything, but <laughs> our home collection has, has yeah. that. <laughs> but um, man, awesome talking to you. Yeah, um, it's a great time. Still trying to wrap my head around your stories and like come back from being speechless for you know the hour that we've been talking, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Man, I cannot wait to listen to the whole album when you send it over. I feel honored, you know, because, like, this is the first time someone's choosing us to be their their press release, kind of. You know? Yeah. And uh, we're getting a pre- preview of an album and everything, man. This is, uh, this is a milestone for us here at the Underground Sessions. Yeah. Well, fellas, I'm, I'm, I'm honored as well, guys. I mean, it's, I appreciate you guys being interested in it and listening to me talk about this stuff. I mean, it's, it means a lot to me. Like the phrase, let me know is, is literally life changing to me. And people, people say it like, and don't even realize it. Like, you know, even at work, one of my friends was like, Hey, let me know if you need help. And I just kind of smiled and was like, that's, that's, that's it. Let me, let me know. Like, let me know. That's it. So what was the album title again? <laughs> uh, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you stick around to the end of the show, which is in a couple minutes, there will be uh, some of the studio tracks that uh, Corduroy was nice enough to send over for us so you guys could enjoy part of his album. And when you like it, not if you like it, because you will like it, head over to, it's going to be on Spotify, I know, because that's where a lot of your stuff is. Where else can people find it and find your stuff? Yeah, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube. Um, I'll even send you a Dropbox link, God dang. Well, just anyway, if you... If you can't listen to the album, then there's something wrong with you because you're going to be able to get it any way that you can. <laughs> all right. And we'll have uh, links to all that stuff in the description to the podcast. Um, yeah, man. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and uh, yeah, really appreciate chatting it. with us. Fellas, I appreciate you. Let me know if there's anything you guys need. Let us yeah. know if you're in Chicago. I'm sure you will be soon. Oh, oh yeah. I, mean, I would love to. Yeah. Hang out with y'all. Honestly, I almost I almost went up to Chicago Music Exchange and bought a Jazz Master, but I chickened out because I didn't have enough time and ended up just getting it shipped to my house. But man, that would have been such a cool trip. That would have been, and we go there like every weekend. So like, I'm actually, <laughs> oh. I might be there tomorrow. Christian's going there tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. <laughs> God dang, I'm jealous. Oh man, I guess that just means next time you know you're gonna have to come to Chicago and buy another guitar. So I'm down. I need like three more. Cool. Yeah. Done. Perfect. Done. Easy. We'll all buy guitars Time and day. Time, just time and day. Matching guitars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, it, it, was, it was great talking to you. A hell of a story. 
Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys so, so much. All right. And then one more time, August 13th, let me know, Corduroy Brown, any possible place you can find music, you will be able to find this album. And you yeah. can't find it. It's your fault. It's yeah. your fault if that's you can't a, that's find it. That's a you problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't have internet if you can't find it. Um, yes. But yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll keep you guys all posted with the release and everything of the album. Sick. Awesome, fellas. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, thank man. You. Take a step back And claw yourself with wonder Oh little child You've got too much ahead Get yourself up Our times will bring you under But you'll be fine Just like your mama said Just fine.